Slasher Tracks, episode number 10. And I'm Aaron. I'm Sloane. And I am your stepmother. I really like where you're going with that these days. Yeah, I'm liking this classic British theater. That's good. Um, For those of you just tuning in for the first time, if that is a thing, we are Slasher Tracks. We watch horror movies and we with a special detail to the music behind them and we'll we'll dig in and find some weird fun facts about it. We uh, start started our journey with the Hellraiser series, but to keep ourselves sane and every fresh. so often, we do a little spin-off and this is our second spin-off and we are watching Prom Night 1980. 1980. No, we are not touching the remake. Or the three sequels? There are three sequels that were littered throughout the 80s and early 90s. No, thank you. One thing I do want to mention about the sequels, the same guy did the music for all of them. Hmm. Consistent. Yeah, yeah. Kind of weird, but like I think that was the only consistent thing. Maybe that and the name of the high school. Yeah, the plot was very, very, very different. It was not a slasher. It was very much like a paranormal-like slasher thing. It Mm. was weird. Um, Looked into them a little bit. Um, I have no huge desire to check the rest of them out. Maybe someday. Some morbid curiosity, but not much beyond that. But this is meant to be a palate cleanser. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, what did you guys think? We're getting into that. I feel like we should just okay. open it up a little I bit. I liked it. I I did too. You know, we all agree. Oh, like hey, good, good. Cool. I was I was nervous. I was like, we had the suggestion. What if Cody doesn't like it? Mm. I thought really it was such a classic genre film of it was a slasher. Yeah. It was exactly that and only that. Well, that's not necessarily true. I'd say the first two-thirds is a teen movie well that's i mean isn't that what they are i guess that's true that's true yeah it is a staple in slasher films Mm -hmm. i feel like this was very um quintessential slasher there it is there it is and i think it is uh jamie lee curtis yeah the queen known as the scream queen Queen. yeah was this her first horror film no no Uh, Halloween was her debut. Oh, Halloween was before this. We were thinking Halloween this, came this out. This was immediately following. Oh, uh, we were that thinking it was the other way around. Makes sense. Yeah, she yeah, had, she hadn't gotten sense. she hadn't gotten huge yet. She was known for that role, but it still wasn't like a huge blockbuster at that point. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so they picked her up fairly cheap. I think she got three hundred thousand or something for the whole film. Well, what's three hundred thousand dollars in now money? I don't know why I said three hundred thousand. I think I'm thinking of something later. I think it was ninety thousand. I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. Aaron knows what I'm getting. Oh at. yeah. Um, We're gonna get to that later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's jump. Let's jump in here. Let's jump in. So we open on a spooky, dooky scene. 
where I don't know about Dookie. Uh, there's some Dookie that goes down. Killers um, are coming! Killers are coming! Killers are coming! So we open on a spooky, spooky, spooky dookie abandoned building where there is a group of kids playing playing games, playing a hide and seek game. And we have three kids that pull up on bikes, two of them in matching shirts, a boy and a girl, and then an older girl who's wearing a dress and they're siblings. And uh, they're like, and the little, the little girl wants to go in and play. And they're like, they're not going to play with you. And she was like, whatever, I'm going in. She's got a little striped shirt on, and she wants to play with them. But they're playing, they're playing, they're playing spooky games in this abandoned, uh, this abandoned building. It's not just hide and seek. It's like, uh, it's like, I guess it's called killer, maybe? Where instead of, like, when they're looking for the hiding person, they say, killers are coming! Killers are coming! Yeah. And then when they find you, they just scream, kill. They just, yeah. It's terrifying. Kill! Kill! hated it you know the only i thought this part went on way too long but i did like the juxtaposition of like laughter and then like (laughs) it was it was nice it was nice um but like it was a little heavy-handed and slow yeah, I don't know. I, I it was effective on me of like building like the fear, like oh, this is real. This is really scary. These kids me, are going to do something. It, it took me to like be, being a child and like, what if these guys like I don't know, we're in an abandoned house. These guys could just start beating the shit out of her or something. It was like I don't know, kind of spooky if you were a kid. Yeah, so all the kids catch Robin in the striped shirt. We got a group of kids. We got three girls and a boy. Uh, I don't know if we want to get into who they all are right now, or nah. we'll nah. get into that when they're. Older, later in the story. Maybe. We're not... <laughs> I have them all written down. That's great, but not a huge thing. <laughs> They're important. They're important. Just because you couldn't keep track of who the people are doesn't mean nobody else can, I Aaron. specifically... I can't wait to talk about I had a big confusion with the characters. Ridiculous. He... I don't... I think you need to rewatch the movie for a third time. Oh, I think I know exactly what you're thinking I of, hope so. We'll, we'll, we'll get there yeah. soon. So... The kids are all grouped around Little Robin, and they're on the top floor of the building, and they're screaming, Kill! 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 Until they push her. They don't push her with their hands. They push her with their creepy vibes as they surround her. She's kind of backing up. And Yeah, she's backing up, trying to, like, get scared, and she falls out of a window. Boom. And dies. Fucking dead. And the kids freak out. They run away, and you see a shadow of someone that you're, has witnessed the crime. You're skipping something that I want to I talk about something? here. Oh, okay. When the when she's pushed down, and then they're like, "We gotta, we gotta help her. We gotta call nine one one. We gotta do something." And then, no. And then this fucking girl, this Wendy. Wendy. She looks like Wendy little Amy Schumer. And she's like, "No, we can't say anything." Or we'll go to jail. <laughs> so not even like checking. You know, if she falls. Maybe she's still alive. Maybe she could be saved. Maybe she's bleeding out. Yeah. She's like, nope, we'll go to jail. We can't tell anyone. So they don't. And she actually just dies. Yep. End of movie. Cut to six years later. Six uh, years Kids growing up. We see Jamie Lee Curtis and her brother, Alex. Mm-hmm. Turns out they were the kids that, you know, they're Robin's siblings. Robin was a little girl that died, and they left. They're like, whatever, we don't want to play with those weirdos. Um, we also see Jude and Kelly all grown up. Uh, well, not all grown up, but teens. Uh, it does a really helpful thing when it introduces these characters. It kind of flashes back. Yeah, it flashes back to what they form. were, yeah, when they were That little. helped me. 
Jude. Not enough, apparently. Not enough. Jude's got some goofy hair. It's uh, it's curly and like a mushroom. Yeah, she has a mushroom she's, for a uh, head. Got that weird mushroom she's head. Got a mu- she's got a huge mushroom head. And yeah. then Kelly, she's, I don't know, she has bangs. But they both get, um, they get a creepy phone call. Uh, we don't know who's calling, but he's saying creepy stuff. And there's a weird moment pretty quickly with just, like, the sexuality of the teens. Mm-hmm. Because, so, Kelly, she's got a boyfriend named Drew. He's a real piece of work. And uh, she's, like, trying to tell him, like, oh, I got a creepy call. And he Kelly, says... Kelly, it's been a long time. To which Kelly's boyfriend reacts, he turned you on, didn't he? Yeah. What in the hell? <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of response is that? And it just... And I guess in the 80s, teen boys are literally trying to stick their dicks in vaginas, and that just, is it. It's like they literally just want one thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's very heavy-handed, especially with Drew. He's mm-hmm. like, he's the boy that your mom warns you about. Now, is Drew one of the people that I'm confused about? Probably. He's I'm, also blonde. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it right now. Okay. The brother they and are the, the brother lead. and the other dude Nick. look exactly the same. They don't. They, they don't both, look they do not look exactly the same, nope. but I was confused for a bit. They and both also have, they don't explain really that the relation of them and to the girl that died, and I was like, I kind of um, confused get on it. that. For, you didn't get it from the funeral them visiting the grave at the very beginning with their parents? Nope. I got that, but then I was like, wait a second. I thought he was this guy. And, and did you get us did you get the uh fly that like flew onto yes. like somebody's head? I did see that. <laughs> and I was thinking about that. I'm like, so these days if something like that happens, they just edit out the fly, but they just kept it. Where they when, could have just done another take. Yeah. When does the but fly land on somebody? It just kinda happened, I don't know. When they were visiting. It was the real grave? quick, just one little fly. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah. But these these two boys <laughs> both have curly heads. And tight shirts. Yeah. That's it. Similar. Nope, they don't have the same faces at all. I don't know. They just have both. They also have different kinds of blonde curly hair. Alex has these like silky tight curls, while Nick has like poofy feathered curls. It was so confusing for me that like it actually. He didn't understand the ending of the movie. Like I straight up got confused. Yeah. I understood the movie slow. No, you didn't. I'm not that stupid. The end of the movie went right over your head. You know. It did because I, it did. It did because I I was confused about those guys. So we meet Nick. We get the idea that he is now a really cool guy. Um, he's it's also before school. He's with his dad, and his dad's like, "Come on, son, hurry up!" And his dad has a sick line to Nick. He says, "For a guy so fast on the disco floor, you sure are the slowest." So yeah. we know Nick is cool, and he does disco. Oh, he's a disco. Yeah. He's a disco king. So then Wesley Nielsen, I never wrote down his character name, but he's the principal of the school, and he's Jamie Lee, or should we call her Jamie Lee or Kim, her character? We're going to call her Jamie Lee. Uh, she's he. Leslie Nielsen plays uh, Jamie Lee's uh, dad and the prin- also so the principal. So he's the grieving father and the yeah. principal. Yes. And he doesn't tell any jokes a la airplane. Yeah, no airplane. Yeah. Very, so. Very serious. Very mm-hmm. serious. So they're show, like there's flashbacks to the people that investigated the crime six years ago, and they still haven't solved the case, really. Or they mm-hmm. think they did. They're not sure. There's this guy, Leonard Murch. This is who they think is the person that killed Robin. Uh, he was a sex offender, and he was found near the scene of the crime. He was in a car chase. The chase led to him crashing, lighting his whole body on fire. Yeah. So he was, yeah, he has a really bad burn victim, and then he ended up being sent to a mental institution. Uh, he's described as a catatonic schizophrenic, but then 
He's escaped. Ooh. He kidnapped a nurse and took her car. And they find the nurse's body in the same, in the abandoned building where Robin was yeah. dead six years ago. So, so from Copper, the beginning, it's very obvious that he's the killer. Yeah, they're like very much pushing. Mm-hmm. But like you know that he's not the killer, so you know that the cops got the wrong guy. And we already, it's just like their red herring type thing. But we know as the audience that that's not who did it. We don't. We saw Robin fall out the window. We know who killed Robin. The kids did. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> but, I mean, we Fair. with the murders but, that then happened, you're not for yeah. sure, but it's very much pushing. I guess as the, psycho audience, killer. As, as the audience, I am thinking he is the bad guy. Yes, yes. It's like, oh, a psycho killer that's on the mm-hmm. loose, making these creepy calls. Like, maybe he's out for revenge because he was wrongly convicted for this little girl's murder. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was the one that cast a shadow and saw how she actually died. Ooh. Spooky. Spooky. Uh, we also see we see Wendy now, the really mean girl that looks like Amy Schumer, grew up to be really hot and really mean, and she has a bitch in car. Oh, she is pretty hot, and um, she's pretty mean. She's so mean to her mom. Wendy, do you still want to play games? So yeah, like this whole psycho killer that escaped from the mental institution is very Halloween and interesting that it came out right after Halloween. We were thinking that it came mm-hmm. before, but yeah, so it's just playing off of that idea of the, it's like the same premise, but uh, maybe there'll yeah. be a twist this time. We see Jamie Lee. She's at school. She goes up. So prom, prom's coming, guys. It's yeah. prom night. Prom's coming prom up. Night. So Tonight. She... She visits the dance floor. She, she goes to the of, gym. She starts testing out some of her moves. Testing her moves. She, she does these spins. tight spins. Tight spins. And this is when <laughs> this is when that bitch Wendy comes Fucking in. Fucking Wendy. She's so so she really wants Nick. She wants Nick back. He broke up with her. He's like, Ooh. whatever. Uh, Nick is the pr- gonna be the prom king and Jamie Lee's gonna be the queen. And Wendy can't take it. Wendy says this sassy comment mm-hmm. about to Jamie Lee. It's not who you go with, honey. It's who takes you home. So teen movie. I'm loving it. It's very fun. I'm loving all the different hairs. <laughs> the different hairs. There's the tight curls. There's the feather curls. There's the mushroom. There's the straight bangs. I'm loving it. Every second of it. It's got it all. Every and, guy has a tight shirt. And I'd like to bring up, at this point, there has been no music at all, except when we there have... the intro. Well, when there's a killer cam... Like we will see, we'll see kind of a first person shot of of the bad guy. Yeah, like picking and that's up the phone when we get stuff. the strings. Um, it's kind of a. Oh, thank you Aaron, for that yeah. addition. That was nice. I just wanted to keep my <laughs> thing. Um, it was just a lot of drony stuff and people boops, and then it's gone. Then it's gone. No more, no more music. It's a very while. slow build-up. Oh, yeah. yeah. For the... I mean, there's a murder right at the beginning, but we don't get to any more murders. Mm. I think I wrote it down. It was like an hour and three minutes. Yeah. What um, happens next, Sloan? Next, we we meet Lou. He's a real creep. He's Lou. got a unibrow. He oh. smokes in the hallway. Jamie Lee gets yogurt. What? She... <laughs> Does she get yogurt Does at lunch? Does she actually get yeah, yogurt? Yeah, she gets yogurt at lunch. No Well, way. I was going to get to it. Yeah. It's right before they meet Lou, so I was... Mm. Well, we see Lou a couple times. First, we see him in the hallway. He's smoking uh. cigarettes in the hallway. He's just being really creepy. He's trying to get the girl's attention. Lou is they, a piece of shit, and I love it. They have a really good comeback. I think Jamie Lee says, go sit on it, ape. Go sit on it, ape. 
I love it. And he just, he just, he needs that attention. He's, he's a bad boy that's desperate for attention. God, his yeah. unibrow. He's, he's got this mm-hmm. nasty unibrow. Nursy. He's got some SpongeBob teeth. He Smoking. looks like shit. <laughs> he's Smoking greasy. He's dressed poorly. But he's all like ogling the ladies and trying yeah. to like put his dick in them. And then at lunch, after Jamie Lee is minding her own business getting her yogurt, he fucking like full on sexually assaults her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was like, you know, when 80s movies get a little like, aha, boys will be boys. And now we're like, wow, Tom Cruise just went into the girls' bathroom. This is not okay. (laughs) Well, he does get, he is shown that that wasn't good because uh, Jamie Lee's brother, Alex, the one with the tight curls, remember, not the fluffy curls. Sure. He sees this, he gets pissed, and he goes, and like, and also, like, her brother's pretty small, lose a big guy, but he comes at him, he attacks him, pounces on him. Um, and then he ends up like fighting Lou and all of his friends. They get sent mm. to the principal's office. They don't get the fight doesn't get broken up for a while. They really get takes a minute. Yeah. Also, we see Lou from behind. It looks like he beat his pants. Oh, oh, he has a patched jeans, oh. like a weird. Well, where oh, the think patches was are? Okay it looks do. like pee. It's it's patched it's a with very a darker, darker blue denim. denim. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah, like that was on purpose. The the costume person's like, "Yep, we'll do this one." I guess they did. Because what? He's poor. He can't. He has to patch his pants. I don't know. He's a badass. It doesn't matter. Mm. No, his mom cares about him enough to patch his pants. Blue rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, except the sexual assault stuff. Yeah. I do not endorse that. Um, so, remember Wendy? She's all jealous. And so she sees Lou. He's a bully. It looks like he pees his pants. She wants to scheme with him for prom. Hmm. We don't know what their scheme is, but she takes him to this drive-in. Uh, like, this drive-in restaurant. There's a girl in short shorts on skates. Oh, and yeah. And they scheme in her good bitch car. Good butt cheeks. Yeah. A lot of, uh, quite a good amount of butt shots. Very flat butt butt shots. Yeah. But, movie. you know, it works. But it, it's, it's 1980. It's all about that flat. Uh, and speaking of booty, I would like to bring up a point here. Um, around this, I don't know if it's slightly before, slightly after what you just said, but we get a shower scene. And it's a horror movie. Y- y- you know, shower scene. You're gonna get, gonna get boobs. We don't see a single thing. We they pulled off at one point. Not in the shower scene. Sorry. I just thought that was goofy. I was interested. Oh, we see bras. Like, I remember that. I was thinking the like same thing. You're, like, I feel like the audience in the movie theater is like, hell yeah, dude. Mm. Chicks in the locker room. We're yeah. about to see it. Yeah. We're going to get some muff. And look. Aaron Muff? Straight up. Nothing. <laughs> I'm feeling a little nothing. loo here. It's clean. PG-13. Yeah. Um, there's a weird moment. So, between Nick and Jamie Lee. Apparently, the school is next to a cliff on the ocean. <laughs> oh, yeah. This part's goobery uh, as so, hell. I don't know. It's just like, it's like set up like it's just right outside the high school that it's on a cliff and they're taking this romantic walk, talking about prom. And then Nick, he like tries it. So, Jamie Lee, she's talking about how, like, yeah, it's the anniversary of my dead sister. She would have been at prom this year. But, you know, you're the prom queen. You got to fight through it. Mm-hmm. And Be strong, Jamie. Be tough for her. And, and then Nick, who was part of Robin's death. It's a secret, though. Jamie Lee doesn't know. He says he feels real sorry. He's just, he's really lame. This is when we hear the first music that isn't spooky. Oh, okay. It's a cornball oh, yeah. romance song. It's just oh, yeah. goobery romance on the beach kind of song. But the weird thing is is that it is like it's set it looks like a romantic scene, but the undertone is I killed your sister. 
Except yeah. he doesn't say that. He says, you know Robin's death? I remember it. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I it's feel just really like, bad. oh, oh. He's okay. thinking about telling her. He's thinking about telling her, yeah. but he keeps getting cut off. He can't find the right moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that. you know, relationships are hard. They are, but that was a pretty good time to say it. Uh, right before the prom, she was just talking about how uh, strong she needs to be. True. No, you gotta She's keep gotta her strong. strong save, save some hard conversations for after the prom. Yeah. You don't yeah. want her to to mess up that dance. Mm-mm. She has she has those moves down. You can't can't they got a, trip they up got those, a routine. that fancy footwork. We mentioned like so you see like these first person shots of the of the creepy guy that's making these calls. Yes. And he's also going through the yearbook and like tearing their pictures out of the mm-hmm. yearbook. And he ends up putting them in their lockers. Like, I don't know why. Just like, I'm watching you. Yeah. Kind of weird. Sort of thing. But we mm-hmm. see he's pretty much like checking them off. Like, he's making sure to talk to each person on his list. And uh, as Aaron mentioned, there is a not sexy enough shower scene in the locker room after gym class. But isn't this after you saw a butt? You saw Vicky No Eyebrows? She. There, yeah, you saw tell us about about that a little. I don't know. We could. We already said it. The, yeah, the, the yeah. janitor's There's just not doing a lot his. To it. It's just like mooning. The I just felt like guy. this janitor had a bad haircut, but he was a normal dude just trying to make some money, go home, drink a beer, sometimes. and watch some some TV. He, and 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 they're just like, what a like, creep! Oh, what a creep! I'm gonna show my butt cheeks. That's also it is a <laughs> you know it is a really weird call if you already think somebody's a creep to show them your butt. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but I don't know. It's the eighties. I don't I feel get like it. he appreciated it in some weird way. Um, so he set up as maybe another potential bad guy. Yes, he's the yeah, he's a creep, he's and the he got mooned. And so yeah. right after that, when they're when they're cleaning up in the locker room, uh oh! So it's just Jamie Lee and Kelly who has bangs. Kelly's like the innocent one. She's like a virgin. Oh, and she has bangs. Yeah, she's specifically the virgin. Yeah. That's what they talk about. At one point, yeah, I don't know when, because I don't have it in my notes, but at one point in the movie they talked about it, how, like, Drew really wants to do it. He finally wants to have her lose her virginity. And th- what do they say? It's like a shot. And they're like, just fucking do yeah. it. Yeah, their attitude is pretty much just, like, close your eyes and it'll be over soon. Yeah, just fucking do it. <laughs> really, really another thing that didn't age super well. Yeah. But while they're in the locker room, too, so it's just those two at that point, and they hear glass break. Uh-oh. The mirror has been shattered. So they look around. They look outside the locker room. They don't see anybody. They go back to the mirror. A big, sharp piece is gone. Dun-dun-dun. And there is some good, like, old-school monster movie music playing during that part. I I specifically wrote Mm. it down as old-school monster movie because it reminded me of something from, like, the fucking, like... 40s or 50s and i was like this oh. is so cool i hope oh. this sticks around and it really doesn't it was just kind of like just well, there it's about but... to get way cooler though oh yeah it gets it gets that's red. true so it gets groovy uh it's about to get groovy first they before we get too groovy they have the rehearsal for prom um we find out that um alex is uh gonna be part of the prom he's not bringing a date because he's doing the sound yeah he's and the he's DJ. supposed to like give like give the flowers and stuff to jamie lee and like help crown them in the process and kiss his sister gotta kiss her they have a weird moment they have when, a moment so after that i think then it goes to when they're getting ready for prom 
another weird moment. It's, what the I, fuck? That's why, why you can't expect me and Aaron to think that they're brother and sister because right. they're always so weird. <laughs> they are What weird. is she getting dressed here? She's getting dressed and I think she's asking him for, she's like, a little help please, like putting on her necklace. She's like, are you going to help me or are you just going to stand there and leer? I'll leer. You're my sister. What in the fuck? What does that mean? That means you're specifically not supposed yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. And they Ugh. say like a joke, like, ah, oh, we're just palling yeah. around. Uh, what are you doing, Step Bro? <laughs> it's very, what are you doing, Step Bro? <laughs> Except they're not Step. They're supposed to be full-blooded. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a, there's a death sister. in the family. You gotta cope in weird ways. I guess. <laughs> they he got misses closer his than twin, ever. so he wants to fuck the older one. So that's disgusting. I'm sorry. Um, so she puts on a sassy dress. <laughs> it's not that... Well, we find out later that it's sassy. She has this weird, like... She has, like, this shawl on top that makes it look like she has really long boobs. <laughs> okay. It looks long. weird. Thankfully, she takes it off for disco time, mm. but it, they look really long. Let's talk about Lou. Lou. Lou has a pretty classy entrance to this thing. He pulls that up in his... bad boy music? Yeah, dude. He's a bad motherfucker pulling up in his, like, shitty red convertible or whatever it is. And it's he's, not a convertible. Wendy had a convertible. He's got the boys in the back. He's got goons. And yeah. he's drinking whiskey out of the bottle. Oh, yeah. When he's picking up Wendy <laughs> for their scheming prom date. Yeah. Wendy is not about it. She's not she's happy. like... Yeah. She, you know, it's prom. She wants it to be nice. Also, he's not yeah. dressed. And he's not... And he's like, yeah, I got yeah. my tux oh, in the back. <laughs> it's in the trunk. Uh, Blue. He's like, calm down. Let's party. You bad motherfucker. He's one of the, like... He chews. It's a bad guy trait, like to yes, chew. Yes, always chewing gum. Mm-hmm. That's chewing you gum. You know you're the bad whiskey. guy when you're chewing. Like, yeah. Not chewing tobacco, just kind of chewing. Just chewing. Yeah, that's badass. We're supposed to assume it's so gum, goddamn but... cool. Um, Except so, for the sexual assault, we don't approve yeah, that. Yeah, we do not like that. Besides that, cool guy. You can separate the man from the art. Or is his like art that. just general bullying? Just being a badass <laughs> performance art. <laughs> so. This is it, right? We're at the prom. It's disco time. It's we find out yeah. disco time. The theme of the uh, of the prom is disco madness. Yeah, very cool prom theme. I love it. It hits you right away. Dancing in the moonlight. Oh man, that song fucked. But do you know what fucked even more? The song that plays right after it. What was prom that? night. Oh yeah. Yeah. Something something prom night. I think everyone's. Oh man. Yeah. All right. Uh, when I was researching mm. this, I listened to that soundtrack a lot. Yeah. It was. Um, we sucks. So, yeah, uh, everybody's getting to the prom. We're seeing our characters all dressed up. Mm-hmm. Kim, because her dad is principal, she, like, dances with him. Like, of course, he's at the prom. Yeah. He's a principal. But she's, like, doing, like, these sexy arm things with her dad. Yeah, it's kind of She's hot. not touching him, but she's, like, she ran. <laughs> so, the way Jamie Lee Curtis disco dances, there's a lot of arm raising, and it's awesome. But it's weird seeing it, her do it next to her, next to her dad. Yeah. It looks like she's trying to allure him. What? Just some weird incestuous It works on the camera, at least. I don't know Um, if Dad's But yeah, then it's time for her and Nick's big dance number to the king and queen of prom are dancing to prom night, the disco tune. Oh, and it is so good. Sweet. It's a full-on dance section. She was... When yeah. she was testing her moves, that was for this part. You can you can oh, recognize yeah. the moves. You recognize the moves she was checking, and like she was testing it on the floor to make sure yeah. she could spin. She does these tight, tight Sweet spins. Tight she does spins. all these sick Everybody high kicks. Everybody is watching them. Everyone's like just They're dancing. They're so in sync. They're everyone's smiling so big, and I am too. I am loving it. I love this scene. Yeah. Um, 
And you know what? And he, and you know what? Nick's dad was right. He is the fastest guy on the disco floor. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Nick is shredding. Shredding. Yeah. In his Um, in his powder blue suit, looking so good. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you know the idea of Lou going with Wendy is he's supposed to be scheming. Uh, He is wearing a tux top and he's wearing sick denim on bottom. It's a really good look. And Lou, I love it. Lou accidentally just has a great time dancing at disco. Yeah, you think he was like playing it cool and like trying to act normal. He was trying. Then he keeps jamming when no one's around. Like shit, he's a little buzz and he's like loving the disco tunes. Lou loses himself for a bit. (laughs) He loses himself with the music. It's really special. Um, Wholesome moment. Let's talk about the Virgin. Kelly. So Kelly's with Drew. Kelly is about to get dicked down for the first time. Yeah, they're making out hot and heavy. Her boobs are out. We see a nip. We do. Mm -hmm. We see a lot of side boob with her. We see full Mm -hmm. boob at some point. We see her boobs. Um, But you know what? She's not... She's just not ready. She's not ready. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. He, like, he kinda... I, I think we are supposed to think that Drew is a creep. Like, he tries to push her head down, and she's like, stop it. He's um, being gross. He's yeah. being a real yeah. jerk. And she's like, Drew, I'm just not ready. To which he responds, if you don't, I know plenty of girls who will. Oh, yeah. And then, also, though, it's kind of crazy. When he leaves and goes back to the prom, he just, like, nuzzles a girl like a dog, and then she's, like, into it. It, Like, specifically like a dog. (laughs) Like a dog. (laughs) Like a dog comes up to you and, like, puts his head on your shoulder. He, like, rubbed his head. And that works. They are into it. And they are pretty girls. And they are into this. They loved it. It's how it works. Yeah. And then, uh, because she showed boob, what has to happen to her, Aaron? Well, it's a horror movie from the 80s. If you show boob, especially if you're a virgin, you're gonna die. You get that grainy footage of the killer sneaking up on her. Sneak, sneak, sneak. And wowie. Wowie, zowie. <laughs> um, so, a, an interesting thing, when she does, so she gets her throat slit, we see the knife go to her neck, and then it goes black and you hear it. And I, I did see one little thing about Paul, uh, Paul Lynch had said that he didn't want this movie to be, like, over-the-top gory. He wanted mm. you to get, like, scared, like, maybe with the tension and the sound was okay, but he didn't want it to just be about blood. So, in this one, that was, like, part of it. And it, it was effective. It was really effective, like, just hearing the noise and, like, the oh, way it went to black. and you just see her face, right? Yeah, well, you just see her like, face. You don't see her yeah, throat like getting cut. going from consciousness to death. Like, yeah. it was disturbing in that way yeah way better than like some goobery like fake blood yeah now mm-hmm. i gotta ask you was that a knife or was that the missing piece of glass oh shoot was it, it the glass might have been the glass either that or they just kind I, of abandoned i think it was that. the glass i assume but like also i assume yeah. so because that was Doesn't part of matter. kelly's thing kelly was in the locker room when he took yeah. the glass i'm i'm sorry i screwed that up that's all right. Uh, either way, it's a slow burn, like we've said. This is an hour and three minutes into the movie yeah. when, when the first adult kill happens. Our next death... Oh, we skipped over Seymour. I was waiting to talk about so, Seymour. Okay, Seymour. Seymour is another bad Should we start with how he picked movie. up Jude? Let's just... Paint the scene. Who is Seymour, Sloan? Seymour. He's this... He goes by the... He gave... He obviously gave himself the nickname Slick. Yeah. He's... He's Hell chubby. Yeah. He's got a van. Sick van. He uses it to pick up pretty girls. Well, I don't... The, mm-hmm. I get the feeling that this has only worked once, and it's with Jude, the mushroom-haired ga- yeah, gal. Yeah, he's finally <laughs> caught one in his trap. Yeah. yeah. He, caught, he caught the she, huge mushroom. I head. like how charming she finds him, though. Like, yeah. she thinks he's a real hit. Everything that he yeah. is trying to be 
she it's believes. working on it her for some reason. Yeah. She loves it. She's wearing he's wearing this goobery ass like Elvis looking costume. Like his prom suit jacket is very Elvisy. Uh, but yeah, he's just chubby goofball, and uh, this is his big moment in the prom. I think like he knows that Nick is the prom queen, and he does this the, or the prom king. He does this weird thing where he gives him a handshake and like slips him some money for no reason. <laughs> he's just super <laughs> cool. He's such a cool. Slick he does guy. everything that he thinks is cool. Yeah, and then but it works on Jude. She likes it for some reason. Take her to the bang van. They are in the van. Hell yeah, shagging doing wagon. It. Doing it. Straight um, up. Doing it. Straight up doing it. And like the dork he really is, there's a my glasses part. Yeah. She was like, did you like it? And he was like, yeah. Oh, no. What's wrong? My glasses! <laughs> and then he's like, he's got to take, he's got to take, a, I don't know, he takes a pee, he comes back, or he's out there and she's like, you want to do it on the bluffs? Hell what does he yeah. say? On the bluffs? He's just super stoked about yeah. it. Like, I'm going to have sex on location <laughs> on now? On the bluffs? So they're about to do it outside on the bluffs, and they hear a twig snap, and Seymour's like, I'm scared. And oh. he's, and Aaron. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because you I was like, thinking, you what horned up high schooler is going to let one twig snap he did stop just him from dicking nut. down? He just nutted. That's true. He's in the refractory yeah. period. Yeah. He's, there's no way he's ready to go. So again. he has some yeah. reason. Maybe it's an excuse. Yeah. Maybe, so, oh, maybe. maybe so yeah, he's still he wants jelly to, down there. He wants to go back to the van, and uh, he says some joke about, like, getting ready for a history test. And she's like, You want to study right now? And he's like, Hand me the book, babe. And she opens it up. Oh, guess what? With it's joints. got fucking. It's got a cutout. You so know the classic. Cool. I've always wanted filled that. with like what fifty joints. <laughs> At least fifty. <laughs> it's joints. insane. So Dude many is joints. A badass. By the way, have you guys? Okay, I. I've always thought that was like the coolest fucking thing is a secret compartment that's cut into a book. Oh, I would. Have love you guys that. ever oh, done yeah. it? I've never done no. it. None of us have ever done it. No. Seems like it would take too much work, honestly. Like the ones like where there's a gun and a Bible or something. To cut up a book like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's rad. Maybe we could do that sometime. Let's do it. What would you put in it? What do you put? Doinks? Hot dogs. What'd you say? Glitter. Glitter? That's weird. Kapowie! What about hot dogs? Hot dogs is funny. The book would just start to stink. (laughs) Really? It immediately (laughs) stinks. Yeah, this is my fridge book. It's our new new line of Tupperware. So they're they're smoking jays, they're chilling. Uh, Jude, she's like leaning back on the van doors when all of a sudden... Kaplawi, uh, the ba- Vandor pops open and she falls back and she is stabbed in the fucking neck. Yeah, and this. So I did find out too. So this one is like overtly gore. Stab, 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 stab. He stabs her multiple times. I guess also. So like as mentioned, Paul Lynch, he didn't want it to just be like gore and too much like blood and just that. So I think I guess this scene was like his compromise. Like, He's all like, right, we'll do one, you, one blood. I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, we, we haven't discussed what the killer looks like, we and I think it's, him. I think you see him here, maybe, oh, okay. the first time. Um, so, you know, a lot of these classic slashers, we've got the icons, you know, we got Jason and the mask, we got Leatherface and the mask, we got Michael Myers and the mask, um, but this is just like a dude wearing all black and a balaclava. Except, his balaclava is covered in glitter. It is a little glittery. It's super glittery. Yeah. Why? 
don't know. Prom night, baby. Prom night. He's Prom night. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just kind of interesting. It was. It made it so that he couldn't really be iconic. He was. Just, he was a killer. I don't know. Um, we didn't see the sequels. He could have become an icon. Maybe. Well, you never know. They do sh- weird stuff with sequels. Um, so anyway, yeah, Killer trying to kill Seymour as Seymour is trying to drive the van. Yeah. At so the it's last kind of like a car. Well, is he trying to get in the van while... He's in the van, yeah, and they're like know. fighting each other, and he's trying to stab Seymour. Seymour's like, get off me. He's like trying to push him off. This and... next part is fucking insane. So, the Killer, I think, ju- like, Seymour's about to go off a cliff. And I think the Killer, we can assume the Killer jumps out of the van... And yeah. as the van is going off the cliff, it explodes before impact. It ex- yeah. <laughs> it just explodes in midair like a, like a bomb. Like, just, like Grand Theft Auto, like you're out of bounds. Yeah. Boom. Wasted. <laughs> Reload. Like, whoa. It was a fireball. And Sloan, didn't you have something so that you found out about this part? I, I couldn't find it again. So I was thinking, let me know if you guys saw this anywhere or if I'm mixing this up. But I remember seeing somewhere, like, when we watched this movie the first time and I was just intrigued by the movie. I was, like, thinking this could be a good fit for slasher tracks. Is that, like, there was something with they didn't actually get approval yet. The stunt person didn't get approval to blow up that van. But he's like, eh, let's just blow it up. That's badass. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that was this movie. Maybe this... Stunt guy was kind of a Seymour himself. And I'm thinking, and then, yeah, it's just so sad, too, that they, like, fucked up the timing of the explosion. Because they definitely only had one van to blow right. up. They didn't have yeah. a second yeah. van. There's a This movie had a budget of $1.5 million. Um, Is that low for that time? I'm or? not sure, but I don't think it's extraordinarily high. Yeah, it's... They seems, definitely... Like, I know it's much. low for now, but I don't know, 1980, yeah. it's such a... I, I think it was, like, you know, it was this was a real movie, but it's not yeah. like they had a bunch of vans to blow up. Yeah, they definitely didn't. So, this is ridiculous. I wonder if, at the time, people were like, wait, what? Or it was like, ooh, that's <laughs> badass. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But Seymour... people would have noticed Basically, R.I.P. Seymour, going out yeah, in a blaze Seymour's of glory. Dead. Live, died like he lived, like a badass. Getting chicks, smoking weed. Yeah. Um, we go back to Hell the disco, yeah. to where we have just like the reason that I like. So this disco music is definitely it's it's like why I thought we should do this for slasher tracks because this mm. like this next death. It's a really long chasing scene, and there's yeah. disco music in the background the whole time. Oh, this was maybe the coolest part of the movie, and it's cool. So it's like. So, Wendy, that bitch that was like, let's mm-hmm. not help dead Robin, um, she's next. She's being stalked by the killer. And, yeah, so it starts... I loved this part. It, it starts so good. in so the cool. bathroom. Uh, she's trying to put on mascara. She didn't have enough mascara. And she's like, yeah, mascara. And then you know, nobody says anything. And she's like, oh, whatever. And they shut off the lights, I think, and start just mm-hmm. chasing her. And it's really yep. cool. Yeah. Running we, through, like, the dark hallways and rooms of the school. And up the stairs. And she... And, like, they're going through different classrooms and all... And what's really cool, too, what they do with the sound is, like... So we know that the prom is going on, like, in the gym, in the auditorium gym area. So, like, certain areas of the school, you hear the music louder because, you know, like, you get the idea, like, just spatially where she's at in relation to where everybody else is at the prom. Because, mm-hmm. like, certain areas it's really loud and other times it's really quiet and just barely in the background. Like, her and the really killer cool. are pretty silent. Mm-hmm. Besides, you know, just like scuffling around, and then just mm-hmm. this big booming reverby disco in the back. It was cool. Like, I wonder if that inspired 
anything in the future. It reminded yeah. me specifically of a video game called Hotline Miami. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of... It's just gory, but, like, weird, kind of disco-y, trippy music. Yeah. But, yeah, I just really like how it gave you an idea of where she was and how mm. far away she was from people that could help her, the quieter the music was. Uh, I didn't pick up on that aspect Yeah. Of it. That's cool, too. So, so, yeah, she's, like, going through the hallways, and then she ends up in the auto shop. She hides in a car first, oh, but yeah. it gets her, and then she goes into the utility closet. Yeah, she locks the door in the car, which you think that would help, but... Well, he smashes the window. Just smashes the window. Yeah. Like, sorry. I thought, I thought that was a good move, but... Good, good try, Wendy. Then she hides in a closet, and then seems like he's fine. Like she might get away. He might walk away and finally give up. But then fucking Kelly's body. He somehow put in the utility closet because Kelly's body drops and she screams and he gets her. Oh yeah, she screams and you're done. You're done. Which is kind of weird that he would have put this dead girl's body over in the utility closet of the. Oh whatever. Who cares? Well, you gotta hide it. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, she was dripping a ton of blood, and, like, there was no blood leading to the Yeah, room. I remember the blood was so red, thick, like, is this really, like, are we at an art studio now? Is this oh, yeah, to I was like, nah, paint, that's like, definitely supposed out? to be paint. That's totally paint. <laughs> nope, nope. It's just, it's it's movie blood. And she doesn't, she doesn't handle it well, so she screams, she gets found, and dies. Bazinga, she's What happens is she just gets stabbed like the rest of them? I think so. Just stab, stab, stab. Um, Good. She was mean, and she was mean. I'm glad that she was not the winner. She encouraged here. the whole death, kill, kill game. She was mm. the main bully in this whole scenario when they were kids. Yeah, who knows? Maybe that and dead girl could have been saved. You know what? And she's really fucked up because she knows in the back of her mind that she is one of the main reasons that this girl Kim's sister is dead. And yet she's like she's she she's all so she's so jealous of how perfect she is and that she's the prime queen that she's taking her boyfriend like you killed her fucking sister man give her this <laughs> let her be the queen let her have something Wendy. Jesus she's a re- I didn't even think about this as she's a real piece of shit I'm glad she's dead all right yeah I think one of my favorite parts about that scene is like in the whole chase is that the the killer is very much seen as a human that like bungles up and makes mistakes. Like when they're in like the lab, he like trips over chairs and stuff, and it's yeah. like very much like a real person. It's not like interesting. Not like Halloween, where like Michael Myers is like this big looming figure that seems to mm. be able to like like he's invincible. Like yeah, yeah, like he's supernatural. He can like be wherever, do whatever. It's very much like somebody just running around. Like, it's very much a human person. Yeah. And in comparison to a lot of slashers at the time, I feel like that was something that was not done as much, or it was kind of not in style, I guess. And I think that was a very nice touch. You're you're definitely right. And I now that you mention it, it reminds me of what I, as much as I love Penny, I think the the scariest horror guy for me is mm-hmm. Leatherface um, from yeah Texas from Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw because he's just a fucking dude he's just a crazy idiot like yeah. he's not invincible he's not super smart he's just like oh, I'm gonna get you it's freaky when it's like a person trying their best maybe poorly just to murder you yeah that's pretty that cool pretty scary so then oh, it's time for the big moment Prime the King big and Queen. fucking moment so the crown 
Wendy's dead. Lou, remember Lou? He doesn't know she's dead. He's like, where the fuck is... I'm doing this scheme. He's like, fuck it, I'll do it without her. And so so we find out the scheme was that Lou and Wendy were going to like choke out Nick and Kim and walk out as prom king and queen. Wendy's not there, so Lou's like, whatever, I'll just be the king. I'm King Lou. King Lou. (laughs) So they're like... So like Kim and Nick are standing backstage with their crowns and they're supposed to like meet up in the middle and go down like a lit up runway to like music and be like, oh, mm. we're the king and queen. But Lou, he and his his cronies, they go back there. They they punch him out. They, they beat the shit out of him. They beat the shit out of Nick and knock him out. Take Lou takes his powder baby blue jacket, puts it on and puts on his crown. King Lou finally getting uh, what he deserves. But uh-oh. The killer who was trying to kill Nick thinks Lou is Nick because he's wearing that powder blue jacket and that crown. Even though they're a very different size. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so what is he doing? Is he poking his head out of the curtains here or? Um, I think he's I just backstage. Just backstage? And he just like gets, yeah, so, gets his head yeah, swiped back, off. Backstage, yeah. The killer comes up, slices Lou's head off. Whop. And Lou's head rolls down the runway. It is oh, so good. They give you this beautiful shot. If you Google like Lou prom night... It's his head on the disco floor, and it just mm-hmm. it lingers on this while it's playing and, this awesome fun music, and it's his dead fucking head. And it gets weird too, because then like the killer like has his knife or whatever machete or whatever, and like I think accidentally tries or he like tries to cut the electrical wires, but it doesn't totally work. So like it electrocutes the killer, but then it makes the, so I think the lights it makes the lights on like the runway like flash in like a disturbing oh. way too. So it's just like this really really loud disco music in this head and then he's just like weird flashing lights yeah that's it's definitely so cool. the instagram thumbnail oh yeah oh uh, yeah that was the greatest frame of oh yeah if you don't follow us on instagram check out slasher tracks on instagram uh we post sick pics yeah. and uh we'll update you when our episodes drop um just gotta do a little plug there and uh, yeah so as mentioned though the killer he's knocked out and jamie like jamie lee she hears all this freaking out she's like oh and she sees she sees that she's like oh my god what's going on that's a really good impression of yeah. jamie lee curtis i think i thought she was in the <laughs> oh room my god, I love <laughs> and then she's like oh, i gotta get my man so she goes and gets nick she like shakes him and like carries him out of there and they almost get out but then the killer wakes back up He's got an axe. Mm-hmm. And he's coming for Nick. Yeah, he's, he's ignoring coming. Jamie Lee Curtis entirely. Yeah. That's right, he is. And they do, huh. they have a moment where they look into each other's eyes. There's a maybe a spark of recognition from Jamie Lee. Definitely. A There's spark. a moment. They share There's a moment. There's a moment. And, uh,. Uh, the killer and Nick, they're tussling on the floor. Uh, they're swinging the axe around. But he loses control of the axe. Jamie gets it. Jamie hits that killer on the head with the axe. She, she bops him a little bonk with she the blunt of the gives axe. Him, yeah, a bop, a bonk. She doesn't Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of fucks him up. It fucks him up. Yeah. So everybody, Jamie Lee, the killer, and Nick, they're running out of the school. All the kids and all the cops are out there. And the cops, they, like, raise their guns. And Jamie Lee says, don't shoot! What? Why would you say don't shoot? You just beheaded Lou. You almost tried to kill your boyfriend. What's going on? What happened? What happened, guys? Aaron, do you know what happened now? Yes. Yeah, you, so you got it sorted? I it's a little baby boy, out. blue brother boy. It's mm-hmm. Alex. Take the mask off. 
It's a guy with poofy him. hair and a tight t-shirt. What can that mean? <laughs> it's one of two guys. <laughs> but it couldn't be the one guy because he was just getting in a fight. Maybe, I guess. <laughs> I'll be honest. This did moment you... didn't hit me because I didn't know which one of those two guys he was. <laughs> you thought he might have been. Sloan had to, like, spoon-feed this ending to me. It was the brother. It was the fucking brother. Yeah, it it was was the brother Alex. And he says, "Um, I saw it all. They killed her. (gasps) Robin! Yeah, so... And then I think he dies? Yeah, he dies from getting bonked on the head with an axe. Yeah, I mean, it was still blunt force trauma. Yeah, he's pretty bloody. But Um, he dies pretty quick. And then I mean, the just, movie dies pretty quick. It's over. Yeah, that's fucking it. done. It just is over. Done. And you know and what? I liked it. I loved that. Yeah. It didn't. I don't need all this resolution. What else do you need? I don't want to see twenty years later. Jamie Lee is as a teacher, and she has a locket with a picture of her dead brothers and whatever. I do want to <laughs> ask you guys though. Do you think like Jamie Lee didn't date Nick after this, right? Or do you think Nick tried to explain himself? Do you think she dates him? She really liked him. I don't know. I didn't think about it. I was just wondering. Who's, you who's know, Nick? The he's bro- dead though. Aaron. Her brother's dead. Her dead. Her brother's dead. Maybe. Maybe she. Maybe he's just like no. He. I was. I wasn't there. He's mistaken. Yeah. He was just crazy. He's crazy. Mm. I don't know. I didn't think that far when I the just, movie ended. My yeah. I just explained I to you who too. was who. You just. You just. All you saw was. All you see is curly hair, Aaron, and it's and a tight disrespectful. Shirt. One of them was a little more vascular than the other. Nah, not really. They no. just had totally different faces. It was confusing. <laughs> Give one of them like a like a mohawk or <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was that was prom night, and I had a really good time. I was just really pleased by everything post-disco and it felt like the build-up was was worth it i feel like it could have been shaved by about 20 minutes maybe but like overall i had a good time with it yeah yeah i think so too. well the movie was 90 minutes like or 90, yeah i think if they made it too much shorter it wouldn't qualify to like show in theaters yeah um, I see your point. Like it did, it took an hour to get to the the but disco so and worth the killing. It. And but I like the teen movie build up. It was fun. Man, it was just so slasher. It was that's it. it. Teens and then a guy comes and kills them all. Like disco. You know. I also sometimes really I, do. I, I like a thrill ride. Like it's more of an amusement park ride than like. I don't have to do my homework. I don't have to find some complicated plot. Well, I don't know. I did, get, I, get I did get confused because <laughs> I am an idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's something that I really appreciate about a simple movie just doing one thing well. Actually, this does remind me though. I heard a th- I've heard a thing before from like actors talking about how it'd be annoying how like you'd be forced to like dye your hair because the execs or whatever be like, nah, we can't have two girls with brown hair. We need a blonde. But now I'm seeing why they. I thought they're. Oh, if one of them was blonde, poofy hair. They both had blonde, poofy hair. Well, they had light. You brown. wanted one platinum. Yeah, give me a platinum. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or like dark brown. Just... Or like, well, then you'd confuse him with Lou. Well, Lou has that distinctive. Who could brow. confuse him with Lou? That <laughs> perfect specimen of masculinity, machismo, yeah. confidence. All that testo- You gotta have a lot of testosterone to grow that much hair above your eyes. That's right. <laughs> testosterone just pushing I, extra hairs out i looked up a picture of lou he turned out to be a very handsome i saw that older, like 
he grew up to be like a handsome adult, just young just man. Yeah, he he just got better with age. Yeah. Lou rules. Lou rules. And I'd like to think he treats women better now. I hope that he just You think he treated women like his character did? Yeah, what are you saying? I mean, no. I, okay. They, like, they saw him on the street, like, harassing him. <laughs> this like, jackass you're for in. a movie. <laughs> yeah, and bring those patched up pants. It'll be perfect for your character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are just loose pants. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the tracks here. So, Prom Night uh, was scored by two men with Z names. Paul oh. Zaza and Carl Zittrer. So cool. Um, Good names. That's why Zaza uh, was the the main guy. I, okay. I didn't I didn't get a lot from Zitterer, but um, Zitter? I just wanted to yeah Z I T T R E R. So I'm going to talk about Zaza for the majority of this here. Uh, he had an interesting start. He had, a, as you might guess, a background in music, but he was you know a performer. He wasn't writing music um, as his big thing. He was a performer. He played bass. Um, and there was this live group called Fifth Dimension, and they um, they toured, and they had um, their bass player went to the hospital, actually. So he was able to take over, and he toured with them for months because of this. This was his kind of his big break that got him started, and eventually um, he went from that to he owned a recording studio. So now he's he's helping bands record their music he's still not like you know writing movie music um so he um let's see he there was this i was reading an article or an interview with him and he was too polite he's like i don't want to name names but one time i was in here and there's a guy that just really botched it he blew the director's money because he just didn't get what the director was trying to do Mm. And uh, he just wasted all the money, just fucked up what the guy wanted from him. And Zaza could see the movie on like a projector. He saw what he he was able to be like, oh, I see what the guy wants. Mm-hmm. I see this guy's an idiot. And you know what? I he offered he offered to do it for him. Oh, I think for free for free or way cheap. Yeah, he said he was, was free. He said he was hungry for experience. And so and he nailed it. Yeah, I guess the director into... was like, "Yes, this yeah. guy gets it." And he did this guy's next four movies, and that is how he started um, scoring movies. Hmm. So he's yeah. just a businessman, and then interesting. Yeah, actually, in that same interview, he goes over the process for actually using analog equipment to compose scores or music in general for films Mm -hmm. and i found it super super interesting basically the um he would get a or whoever would get a 35 millimeter print that he'd have to rig up to a tiny projector and basically he'd watch it and then he'd write down and time out each major change you know like if somebody breaks through a window or something like that mm-hmm. um and then you have to write that to a click track so the entire scene or the entire whatever musical piece that would fit in that area would be written to a click track so everything would be on beat so just to me that in general sounded really really bizarre that you'd have just like a click like a metronome beat to 
a film without music. Like you just have to figure out how to make that click track work to nothing. You just have yeah. to kind of like invent it and figure it out. That is really weird. It's so formless completely. And you're like, I'm yeah. going to make the rhythm for this. And you movie. just have to figure out like different spots that things happen and just kind of like make up the tempo and figure out how that works. Hmm. And then from there you would write out what you want and you'd give that to the copyist and the copyist would transcribe that to each individual part. So if you have, you know, all the brass instruments, all the strings and everything, he'd write it out or they would write it out to whatever parts for each individual player. So then once that's done, the copyist gives it back to the composer. The composer hires an engineer and all of the different instrumentalists that come in. All of them sit down in this room, and this is the first time that the producer and the director will hear the music. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's super. That, that weird. is the first time. So no pressure, but this yeah, is no what pressure, I spent but this all is, this time and all of your money on. Hope yeah, you like this, it. Yeah, this is what this is what has happened, um, and generally this ha- this is you know has to be done quickly or it has to be done in a certain time frame because the film's already been shot. So everything's already been done, really. It's So you get this, and if it's not done right, you'd have to do it all over again, and it'd just be a whole lot of work. Which I just thought that was outlandish, that the pr- producer and the director just basically have to go in blind. Completely it's kind of crazy. Like, you would think they'd make like a little sample, like, hey, bud, I'm thinking I'm going to do it like this. What do you well, think? I'm sure there's well, they, they can. They can. I yeah. mean, they could always like play it on piano or like play like a right. single part or something and be like, it's something like this and kind of like hum it out or whatever. But like to hear, like, not, to like, not have like a the full thing. thing. Yeah. And there's so many like weird things, like even like between the, the tempo and this, just like they have no idea what they're going to come up with. So mm. you really have to be just kind of like, you're rolling the dice. You have to go with either something that's well known. Yeah, yeah. You have to. Pick the right cards, otherwise you're gonna end up with like the guy that did the uh, the that one film. How he got it? Yeah, I'm so curious because he he made it sound like it's it's a movie that we know, like it was a real one. Anyways, this kind of leads straight into uh, him working on Prom Night, I think, because the producer Peter Simpson, straightforward folk. Dude, that guy, everything Dude, that I read he about him, he's, no, he sounds like a dick. <laughs> I think he fucks in the worst way. Like, he's a bad human, but, like, I loved it. Uh, Explain One of the lines what? that I... Uh, it's, it's the person that actually hired him for prom night. And <laughs> he... he um, our boy Paul said, yeah, he's just a really straightforward guy. He uses a lot of expletives. And he quoted him as saying, like, Paul was like, I can do this. If you don't like it, don't pay me. And his response was, if you fuck this up, I'll kill you. <laughs> Which I think is just like... <laughs> That's kind of Jesus. Like, yeah, th- so this guy's just like this harsh, rude fucking guy. So he he hired him, and he's like, what do you want me to do for this film? They had like the discussion, like, what do you want to do? Yeah, what's your vision? And yeah, yeah. So basically kind of what we were talking about is like he came up to him and he said, this is what I want. But he literally handed him 
um, records, disco records. Oh, okay. And like Donna Summer, um, I Will Survive, like big fucking songs were on this list. So he's like, all right, fuck, all right, well, looks like I'm just pulling music. So mm-hmm. he would look up the how much it would cost to get these artists, and it was outlandish. Like there was, it came into like three hundred thousand, which was like a third of their budget. There was yeah. no yeah. way he was going For to get for one this. song. Yeah. yeah, it was insane. Oh, one song. Yeah, like three hundred thousand dollars of the one point five million. Oh to wow! Just get like a Pat Benatar song or whatever. Yeah, and there was no, 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 no way it was going to work. So. He told him, well, make it close. And and you got five days to do it. What? Yeah, because they actually recorded the film to the actual songs. So mm-hmm. I guess there's actually a point in the movie where you can see at least one person mouth, I will survive. Because they're singing along to the actual song. Oh. Yeah. Sloan had a feeling that these were, like... Yeah, because, so, like, I, just, I was wondering about this, and I was wondering if you would find in your research, if you guys will recall the conversation I had with my mom about how just, like, soundtracks were done really differently before, like, you got big artists on movies, and that you would just do sort of sound-alike songs that, like, sound familiar in some way, but they're not quite the real song. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if that's what this was like. I was like, big was time. just the song Prom Night a song, or is it supposed to sound... And- very similar. And get this, this leads me to my favorite quote by this asshole. Oh, I I know exactly what it is. Yeah, and it's he, fucking harsh and also very funny. The producer? He, yeah, he told him, so he says he's got five days to make this rip-off track, and he says, I want you to come close enough that we get sued, but not close enough that they'll win. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What does this guy look like? I don't think? know. I bet he looks like a like a dick. He's got it. I'm picturing very bald. Very bald. Yeah, oh yeah. And very round. <laughs> but like okay, barrel chested. Also keep in mind that the entire process that I detailed is what he had to do in that five day time period. That's yeah. for the he whole soundtrack? Going from writing oh, yeah. it for, and recording it with that yeah. whole band. For the whole movie or for like each whole song? The whole movie, yeah. He did it all movie. in five days. Yeah. Yes, he did the entire movie in five days. Um, oh my god! And there's and a good also, amount of music that didn't make it into the movie. Exactly, that he made. that's what they I was going to bring extra? up. They had extra. Oh yeah, the, in, on the soundtrack, there's at least there's two songs by Blue Bazaar that didn't make it. Hmm. Um, yeah, that was some little band that I tried looking them up. There's nothing, but really? that's because they got paid five hundred dollars for like that's it, and like they had they didn't get any of the rights. They were just like, hey, we'll give yeah. you $500, and they were so stoked about it like, that they didn't get yeah, any of the rights. Yeah, that's a lot of beer, bro. And, like, that was it Aww. for those guys. And they did, it didn't even make it in the movie. Oh, Yeah, and there's lots of other really small, strange credit things, but, but generally he had five days to do this soundtrack and churned it out. They did get sued. It was oh, initially did. a $10 million lawsuit. And it got brought down to $50,000. Dude, Which is it. insane. Insane. I think this dick pulled Wait, it off. Wait, did you just say 10 mil down to 50 yes. grand? Yes. Uh-huh. Wow. They, Dude, yeah. he, Zaza really did his job. Yeah, he, he, he got, ripped it. I mean, so I would say that that counts as getting sued but not winning. Yeah, mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. 50000 deal. Yeah. 
better yeah. than paying three hundred thousand a song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, way cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, it worked. And and the soundtrack is regarded it's like highly sought after. There's been many bootlegs released over the years. It was a Japanese bootleg, right? Yeah, yeah. Um it finally actually got released in twenty nineteen with um a lot of close work from Zaza. Yeah, I so, thought that was kind of crazy that the time we decided to watch this movie, like it's pretty recent that it's out there. Like I yeah. found it on Google Play Music. Like it's just huh. in a lot of the times, a lot of these Hellraiser movies, you've got to fucking dig to find yeah, it. And yeah. nope, it's just yeah. a published soundtrack that you can find where you get your music. Huh. And it, out of everything that we've watched so far, this has had like the most like substantial soundtrack. It's mm-hmm. it like it's good. It's very yeah. good. And the soundtrack, if you listen to it, it goes in order the first half of this disc is creepy strings mm. and then it just hits you with disco yeah <laughs> and then well there's also that like summer on the beach sound oh but, yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's a weird disc i kind of like want to get it that would be yeah. pretty fun yeah i, I mean yeah the, the i mean just the disco songs yeah just the disco songs are worth it it felt like real music like yeah if i I don't know if I was in the movie theater watching this for the first time. I would assume that they got real music. Yeah, like, I mean they, they made, they made but it. you might not. You might not honestly. Because, well, like and then all the they're real, the hits. Yeah. yeah, good point. Good point. I don't know, but I think they pulled it off well. I mean, obviously, didn't have to pay a bucket of money instead yeah. of just like fifty thousand dollars, which isn't anything in comparison. So, Cody, did you find anything on the Zitrer guy? I didn't really spend a lot of time on him. I didn't either. Um, Zaza was way more interesting. Um, what? He did do the score for Black Christmas, which I'm not sure if you've seen. Um, I think it would be an excellent uh, holiday episode because it's, it's very good. Um, I don't remember the score, honestly, so it'd be a nice thing mm. to go back and look at. I think I remember it's an early slasher that the score for Black Christmas is what made them choose this guy for this movie. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Specifically, the, the twenty. It's not the twenty nineteen Black Christmas. <gasps> no, that's the remake that they did very recently. Uh, okay, so there's nineteen. So the nineteen seventy four. There's also yeah. a two thousand six. Yep. Huh. Um. So these two guys uh, work together more than once, and a weird one that I would not have guessed. They did the soundtrack for A Christmas Story. Yep. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Zaza also did the sequel to uh, the adult parody film Flesh Gordon. If you're familiar with Yeah. He did it, the sequel for or the sequel for it called Flesh Gordon Meets the Cosmic Cheerleaders. Oh, wait. He didn't even get to do the original Flesh Gordon? Nope. The sequel. <laughs> Bummer. Uh, and I didn't go down this rabbit hole. Maybe I should have, but it felt kind of weird. Uh, yeah, the only maybe. thing I know about it is the humor. And this and that one was more scatological than the original. Oh, and and is oh. often cited as being one of the worst movies of all time. Nice. It's so a, can it worst pornographic movies or just worst worst movies? Worst. Yeah. Worst so movies. Zaza goes all over the place. Yeah. Zaza. Zaza. He does have. He does do a lot in horror though. When I was looking over, I didn't. A lot of them I didn't recognize, but he. It seems like. Horror is kind of his wheelhouse, despite mm. like the disco stuff. I don't. It was strange. He, it it was scattered, but it was like 
I thought it was pretty impressive for a guy that, at least up until this point, had done a lot of horror just to be able to write some disco music. Like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. It's I think he's a really a talented goofy, dude. It's fun change of pace, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I got this disco project. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, and it was, I mean, it was a delight to us, and uh, mm-hmm. it really stood out. For sure. Yeah. Good for you, I had, Zazie. A, I had a great time with it. I was so happy with, uh... honestly, I forgot why... You suggested this movie for yeah. until it got to the disco part, and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah." Because yeah. oh, oh, we were jamming. Yeah. Oh man, if you like forgot about that too, then the first it was know, so hour exciting. and three minutes is like, "Why the fuck is this just?" Dude, it was. <laughs> I don't want to say it was torture because it wasn't, but it was kind of like I don't understand why this specific. And then it, yeah. then it was yeah. like, yeah. okay, we got it. That's why. That's why, baby. Good. I'm. I'm really glad you liked it. I was wondering during the high school drama part, like, uh, I hope Cody likes yeah. this. Yeah, it's just the end is such a standout. Even though like the best part is the final half hour, the final half hour makes it worth it mm-hmm. for sure. I agree. So on the topic of murders that happened around prom night, I have a story that hits close to home. You could say. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, in, in location. I mean, literal help. Okay, so um, I think this one is really interesting in the way that it might have been... It's something that happened in real life that I think could have been inspiration for these kinds of movies to be made. Like, real-life horror that people decided to then make horror movies about. Mm. Happened in 1969 in Muscuda, Illinois. I hope I'm saying that right. It's about 40 minutes from St. Louis. Whoa. Um, this happened... The day of the crime was May 3rd, 1969 prom night our victims are mike morrison who was a senior in high school he was a promising athlete he had like a football scholarship i think he was an honor student and his cute little girlfriend debbie means who was a sophomore uh they went to prom afterwards they went to dinner with friends uh included in that was mike's brother eddie uh who was a junior also went to prom and this would be the last time eddie saw his brother mike alive When they went to dinner. After Uh, dinner, they went to a rockin' party. So this is pretty crazy. It was in an abandoned strip coal mining operation where they partied. They partied till 2 a.m. That is badass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Say that one more time. They were partying till 2 a.m. in Mm -hmm. 1969 at an abandoned strip coal mining operation. Abandoned strip coal mining. It's coal mining and stripping. It's it's something part of it. It's sexual. It's part of coal mining. Yeah. It's part of the operation. There are are no strippers. No, no. But, so 2 a.m. is the last time they were seen. That's when they were going to head home. But turned out when they were trying to leave... They, they can, what they think happened is they were cornered by a car, made to get out, and were murdered. Um, it's pretty brutal the way they were found. Mike had two gunshot wounds to the head. The girl, uh, Debbie, she was found bound, gagged, strangled, and definitely sexually assaulted. So. Lou. It's dark. It's dark. (laughs) (laughs) Not Lou. Lou wouldn't do this. Lou would have just been, Lou would have just been dancing. Um, Lou would have, no, Lou wouldn't have done that. So, let's get into the investigation real quick. There, it's hard because it's so dark, but there is, like, a lighthearted part to the story. Do it. So, there are these two rookie cops working in Muscuda. I, I, I hope, is that how you say it? Muscuda? 
It looks like Muscuda. We'll do Muscuda. Um, they were so they were rookie cops. I think they were both around twenty five. Dave Jung and Charlie Grawl. They were both mostly just did traffic stuff, but they had to get involved in the investigation. They fa- so they found the bodies. They spotted them with a, somebody drove a par- private plane and found them. And these two were the first cops on the scene. Oh boy, then dumb and dumber traffic cops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jung and Grawl. Uh, they were out of their depth. A the little bit. They were kind of kicked off the case when like the state cops had to come and get involved, but they got to get back in on the investigation uh, when they were doing stakeouts trying to lure the killer. So their idea was they're going to pose, these two cops, these two young cops are going to pose as lovers in a lover's lane. They kept park for like a, almost a month. They would park a car in a lover's lane area and Jung had to dress up as the gal. He no put on, way. He put on a blonde wig and a bra and he referred to his filled bra as his bazoombas. That's amazing. Um, yeah, this cannot be real. The thing was too is Jung said like he was very scared. Like he wanted to help and he's like yeah I'm doing cop stuff but he was fucking terrified. That is so goofy. He was he's so scared though that he's like dressed up as a woman. And he's like what if he actually comes man? Oh my gosh. So that is a fun lighthearted part. But, it feels like Twin Peaks. It feels f- like that dopey cop. Yes. Yes. Oh what is his name? Andy. 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 It's very Andy. So, it uh, turns out their stakeout didn't work. They didn't lure the killer. But they actually found the guy really quickly, considering... Where, so, the guy made it all the way to Sacramento, California. And Damn. so, the murder happened on May 3rd. They think they caught him and arrested him May 29th. Um, mm. So, his... This was, you know, a small... You know, it's 1969. It's kind of small town Illinois vibe. Uh, this guy... Um, Marshall Wayne Stouffer, his boss reported him pretty quickly to the cops because he had some suspicions because right after the murder happened, uh, Marshall just disappeared. And he was like... Not a mm. good look. Yeah. And he like had a feeling that he was kind of shady. Um, so... This guy could kill kids. So the cops, they, they found him because he applied for a job in Sacramento and like his name was flagged and they, were, they had a sketch of him and they got him. So it turns out uh, they are also able to confirm that this was the guy because turns out uh, pretty soon, not just before that, so like just before prom in April, Marshall assaulted another young couple in Belleville, Illinois, mm. also very close to St. Louis. Mm. Um, he so I, I'm going to tell you his mo. It's pretty fucked up. This is like a pattern though. So what okay. he would do is he loved he liked to park his car to trap a couple in a lovers lane situation. He sexually assaulted the girl. He would put the guy in the trunk, and then he'd get the guy out of the trunk, make them do sex acts on each other, and take photos. On the dead body? No, no, he w- he didn't usually kill anybody. Oh, it was no. usually sexual assault and power stuff, and he'd take photos. Like, it was so, like, he'd get the guy to go in the trunk, rape the girlfriend, then make the guy do sexual Sloppy stuff seconds. on her, and take photos. Gross. It's really fucked up, but because he took photos, they were able to be for sure that this was their guy. And these two lived through the experience, and they were able to quickly identify him. Gross. Well, at least they got him. Yeah, they got him very quickly. And But then another fucked up part of the story is the, the prosecutor, they knew that he was also the killer. They knew he was, but they didn't have, like, enough, like... All they had was, like, circumstantial evidence. Like, they didn't have the gun. They didn't have any witnesses. They didn't have, like, really any hard evidence on him. So, as part of his plea deal to make him plead guilty to the assault of the other young couple that was alive, um, he didn't have to go to trial for the murder. But they figured they'd be okay because he was sentenced for 50 to 52 years for the rape and 30 to 50 for the robbery. Oh, he also robbed the guy. Mm. Um, So, he did not... 
the murder is just off the table, but we're going to get the other thing. The too, other oh, one. and another thing too. The the so Ugh. the prosecuting attorney was also worried that they couldn't actually get him for the murder. He just I guess he didn't want him to get away because so, yeah, he was also okay. worried because they ha- they did have some more evidence. This fucker, this disgusting guy, after he murdered this these young this young couple, he sent so the 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 girl's parents they lived on a, a Scott Air Force Base. I think it's Scott. Um, and so he sent a letter, like, to address to the mother just to the Air Force Base, so no specific address, but it had, like, he described what he did to her, and then he included items from Mike's wallet to, like, prove that it's, like, yeah, I'm the guy. But then the fucking FBI, because it's 1969, like, handwriting experts are still a thing, like, the FBI couldn't agree if the handwriting actually matched, so he was Uh. worried that, like, the the district attorney was worried that they couldn't get enough hard evidence for the murders, because they couldn't get the FBI to agree, they couldn't find the gun... All this stuff. Mm. The public was fucking outraged, though. He ended up having to have, like, a like a public talk at the high school so the public could come yell at him and get answers on why he wasn't doing this. Wow. But, but, um, Marshall was, Marshall Stouffer was sentenced 50 to 52 for the rape and 30 to 50 for the robbery. So they figured, well, he's gonna rot in prison. Yeah, he ended that counts. Up, he ended up only serving 21 years. No. So the correction, a corrections officer that was around Stouffer a lot said, described him as a psychopath that really knew how to manipulate the system. He got like a really good job in the prison while he was there and he got out really quickly. So it seems like an accurate description of him. Mm. Um, after he got out in 1990, oh, so he got it. He got out. Yeah. Released in 1990. Only two years later. He was convicted for three violent rapes and kidnapping. Holy shit. Oh, come and, on. In the states of Idaho, Oregon, and Nevada. World tour. He just went right back to it. And he was, like, kind of old because he was, like, in his sick. He was almost 60 at this time. But Gross. he did he did die in prison in 2002 at 71 years old. Okay. Um, and I'm then, a little upset we let him do that last one. But. Yeah. Um, uh, so a there little. Are, yeah. yeah. Some, I'm bummed about it, but... Oh, the other thing, too. I'm sorry, I forgot. So, also, the families of uh, Mike and Debbie quickly moved away from the town. Part of it is because, like, so Debbie's family was a military family or Air Force family, and they were quickly uh, relocated to Germany. So, also, the district attorney, he was like, I don't want to make this family come all the way back from Germany to make them do this case and do this for months. That was part of his reasoning. Mm-hmm. But also... Uh, Mike's family just kind of decided to leave. It was just, like, really tainted. The town was changed, and they were just known as the family of the murdered boy. Yeah, just kind of And it was too hard, so they moved away really quickly and just kind of didn't... I think they just didn't... I don't know, it's the 60s and 70s. It's just, like, just bury it. Don't think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But Eddie, his brother, ended up finding answers much later. So it was his 30th... This is crazy. It was his 30th high school reunion, and he was in the drink line. And this guy, Robert Mall... Uh, they end up having a conversation, and Robert, he's like, ah. I think it was Robert that initiated the conversation. He's like, hey, you're you're Mike's brother, right? And he's like, yeah. And so Robert ends up telling him, like, um, yeah, I was the funeral director's son. I had to pick up your brother's body. Like, he was only 16, and his dad brought him along to get the bodies. Not cool, Dad. Really weird, though, <laughs> That's too. traumatic. So traumatic. But I don't know. But it ended up that this was, like, a hard conversation for Eddie, but then he ended up, like, getting really interested in, like, knowing more about this and, like, finding just, like, it it was, like, a thing where he got to learn more about it, and I think it was part of his healing process. And at first, mm. he was just going to, like, write an essay and, like, write it in a journal, but then it kept building and building. He ended up writing a whole book about it. Oh. Um, it's called Bad Moon Rising. 
Maybe a Christmas gift for you? Uh, I don't know. But the title is kind of cool. It's called Bad Moon Rising. Actually, the theme of the prom that night, uh, the prom night was Moonlight and Roses. Mm. Um, it has really good reviews, and I think, like, they talked to his wife, and it's just, like, the wife is just, like, really proud of him for getting through this and, like, ended up in, like, the way that he was able to, like, make something out of it. He also initially, I think, just wanted to sell the book, like, locally to people who know the story, but I think it sold really well and has, like, great reviews mm. online. So, good for Eddie. Glad he was able to do that. Some positives. And there was some, like, big app. So it, like, really shook the community, obviously. Um, You know, and this was a big national story. And I think, like, part of, like, in just, like, the zeitgeist for, like, movies like Prom Night 1980 to be made. Of, like, these love, like, you know, and, like, also, like, the Lover's Lane idea of murders. Um, Also, in St. Louis, uh, right after that, they started doing lockdown proms. Where, like, they'd have, like, um, the students were not allowed to come and go. You had to stay there and then go home. Hmm. They were, like, they just really shut it down. I think they try, uh, they also, like, kind of stopped after prom events and stuff like that hmm. for a while because people were really freaked out. Probably a good call. Well, Sloan, thanks for digging up a weird real-life prom night killer. Not a problem. Happy to do it. Love murder. And that's Slasher Tracks. <laughs> yeah, that was prom night. Um, I'm glad we took a little break from Hellraiser. Yeah, it was nice. The disco. I re- the disco made it all worth it. Mm-hmm. Z disco. Zaza, you. Zaza, you, you dirty dog. Zaza Gabork. I don't know what that is. I'm going to edit It sounds that like Zaza Gabor, and I say Zaza Gabork. Hmm. I'm going to edit that out. I think it's a, okay. <laughs> I think it's fucking gold, but all right. Uh, okay, well. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode. Uh, We're looking forward to the next one, going back into the Hellraiser series. Pew, pew! I'm Aaron. I'm Sloan. And I am your stepmother. We'll see you next time, slashers! Slasher dorks! That's better. Put it in your trash can! Put it in your trash can! It's gone. You ate it? It's in my stomach. I heard slow mellowing down there. (laughs) That's good.